We're going to continue this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 14, and, and we're, we're going to be looking at one of the, probably the most well-known quotes of Jesus that, that we often look at, and I want us to kind of look at it in a new way, uh, a, new, a fresh way. The whole point in this study is to, to be introduced to Jesus, to be introduced to who he is. And John chapter 14, we'll start there with verse 1. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your words. Lord, this account of Christ giving an in-depth lecture, an in-depth study on who he is. It's, it's beautiful. We, we need these words today as well, Father. It's, it's relevant to us, just like honey from a rock, Lord. It's, it's, it's there for us today in times like this, Lord, in times when people are being hurt around the globe, time where there's still starvation, there's still world wars, there, there's school shootings, there's inequities in our society. Lord, I look at all of this, but at the core of all of this, Lord, we know the answer is Jesus. We know that's you, and today we look to you for help, God. May you bless this time that we have to set in your word to let it flow over us, to change us, and may we leave here a church that is on fire. Let the church say amen. What a wonderful time to be here today. And, you know, we see Jesus speaking to his disciples, and in response to that question where, you know, Thomas, he always had good questions. He's the doubting Thomas, so to speak, right? How would you like to have that nickname? When I was growing up, my, my, my friends all called me Daniel Max. That's kind of a cool nickname, right? You know, and as time went along, they, nick, they, uh, they shortened it to D-Max. And, and now that was like a cool name, but for Thomas, his buddies called him Doubting Thomas. I, I don't think I'd want to be known as Doubting Daniel. 
But that was his name that we often, you know, equate to him based on some of his flaws. And, and really it's not to point out how horrible of a person he was. We actually know that he went on and he, he was a, he was a, a taker of the gospel wherever he went. But, but Thomas in the same respect here, we can look at his life and we can learn from his mistakes. And in this, this time that he had with Jesus, he still just wasn't understanding exactly who Christ was. And he asked that question to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And so Jesus, in his loving fashion, he doesn't leave them ignorant, but he lays it out for them. You know, beforehand, he's talking to a lot of people. There's a mixed audience. You can often see Jesus talking to himself as, as a door or a gate. You know, he uses these like these uh, these word pictures as to who he is. But when he's sitting down with his disciples, he's point blank to them. Hey, this is who I am. This is who I am. And church, I want you to understand today that Jesus is not shielding his true identity from you today. In a day and age where people want to confuse identity or create new identities or still identities, I suppose that's something we deal with today too, right? But the thing is, Christ is standing before us through his word, through his spirit, walking these aisles today to speak to you, to say, this is who I am. And the answer that Jesus gives to Thomas, it's, it's, de- it's depth filled, sure, but it's also, it's pretty simple. It's something that, that we can understand. He says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, right? We know that word. We've, we've heard that time and time again, most Believers, most Southern Baptists for that matter, are able to probably quote this verse, John 14, 6. You know it. It's, it's something that's been ingrained in you. Several years ago at Falls Creek, one of the most powerful years of Falls Creek, this was the central verse for the week, and I've never forgotten it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And hear me out today. It is relevant because there's a lot of people, a lot of movements, a lot of cultural norms that say that they are the way, the truth, the life. This is the way that you are to go. This is the truth of life. And this is really life itself. But that's not true. Jesus is all of these things. Let the church say amen to that. If we believe anything differently, we're, we're walking far, far from the truth. Jesus tells Thomas that he himself, right? Thomas, me, look at me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is who I am. It's very similar, again, to Christ in in chapter 10, where he's talking about being the door. But now he's saying, no, I'm not just a door. It's not just a figure of speech. Here's the thing. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I hope y'all get tired of me saying those phrases today. Those names of Christ, of who he is. It's, it's the, 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 the multiple I am's of Christ that you see in the gospels. This is the sixth one that Jesus throws at him. I am the way. How many of y'all need to know the way today? You know, everybody should raise their hand to that one. Yes, that's me, pastor. I don't think anybody here needs to say, nope, not anymore. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years, you still need to know Jesus. You still need him in your life. Like it never changes. We, we need that good shepherd in our lives. And, and, and in these words, Thomas is learning something. I hope he picks it up. Maybe he doesn't pick it up until later. But this is the road. Jesus is the road that we must travel. If you want to find happiness and peace, it's not going to come in the things of this world. It's not going to happen. Let's crack it up. We went to uh, Scissor Tail Park yesterday. We just love that place. And we, 
We took Jaron down there because they opened up the uh, the water splash pad. You know, it's just really cool down there. And and uh, up the way there, there was a there was a powwow. So there was all this like really cool cultural stuff. We were just having a great time at Scissor Cell Park yesterday. And 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 while we were there, I was just thinking, I was watching those kids running, and and, and it, I was looking. There was there was all types of kids out there, all types of skin colors, just beautiful beautiful people there, right? All types of different languages. And I was looking out there, and one thing I noticed about kids is that kids all scream with excitement in the same way, no matter their language. They all sounded the same, right? And, and it really, it, it, it draws us to this point that the gospel is for all people. It's for all of us. You, you would hear those kids screaming in those, those little fountains. I don't know if you guys have been down there, but it looks like, I don't know, like octopus. I, I'm, I think they're probably supposed to be like reeds or something coming up. But they're shooting water. But every now and then it'll just stop. And then everybody's just standing there like, well, now what do we do? You know, some of the kids were, there was a couple of them. I won't say it was my son, but they were dipping down and drinking water off the concrete too. But there's all this stuff going on there, you know. There's all this stuff happening. But when that water stopped, everybody was just like, huh. But as soon as that water began to flow again, that same scream went up. And those kids, I couldn't help but think, those kids, their parents sitting around there, they all need Jesus. We're all the same. The, the, the declaration of Jesus today is not just for his disciples. It's, it's not just for Baptists today. It's not just for people sitting here in McLeod in this church. It's for all people people around the world. And Jesus says, I am the way. The first point I would look at this morning is not only is Jesus the way, he is the only way. There is no other way. We live in this very pluralistic society where people just think, well, there's a lot of ways to God. There's a lot of ways to live your life. Church, I want you to to look at me right now. There's only one way. That's not me being a bigot. That's not me being closed-minded. That's me knowing the truth. And Jesus is not just a way, he is the only way. That if we want to have any peace or any hope or any joy or any, any meaning to this life, it's only going to come through Jesus. I, I've seen people work their whole life, you know, they're social justice, justice warriors or people that were working, you know, maybe in a, in a field like education or, you know, medical advancements or something like that. And the interesting thing that you find with people is that at the end of their life, all the work that they've done, it's either been outdated or it's not relevant anymore. We see that a lot. Have you noticed that? Like somebody comes up with something and then it gets disproven later or somebody finds a deeper meaning or a deeper understanding. And so it just, it kind of just moves away. And that person, you know, they kind of fade into out of existence there. But the one truth that never fades is that people need Jesus. It's always the case. When I was, you know, 10 years old, my dad was preaching uh, evangelistically around. I remember going to a lot of these tent revivals. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a tent revival, but they're interesting at times, you know. But I remember my dad preaching and just getting up there. I, I can remember my dad, you know, one time even in Sperry, Oklahoma, he gets up there and he's preaching and he kicks his foot because he's kicking the devil. He's getting really excited, you know, and he kicks his foot and the heel goes flying out off his shoe. <laughs> he must have really kicked the devil that night, all I can say. But as my dad hobbled on the stage for the rest of that night... <laughs> He was preaching the gospel, that same truth. It's not changed. It's not changed. It's not changed from the time that I spent, you know, time baptizing 30 some odd people in a river on the Navajo reservation. And the whole time we're, we're baptizing people, we're getting like many electrocuted because up on the hill, there's a, up on the mountain there, there's an electrical storm and those currents were sh- shooting down through the water. And every now and then it was just like, boy, the Holy Spirit was just filling us, you know? 
But that same gospel that changed those people, I wonder about those people that we baptized that day. I remember my dad, there were so many that dad was like, you need to start baptizing. My hands are getting pruned up. So we started, you know, like tag teaming and all of that. But I remember, remember that day so clearly and that gospel was still the same then. And those people today, you know, I think they're forever changed by not just a way, but the way. J.D. Greer says that once saved, always saved. We're Baptists, right? That's like our mantra. There's probably somebody here with that tattooed on your arm, okay? Once saved, always saved. He says, once saved, always saved, yes, but also once saved, forever following. Think about that for a moment. Are we saved always? Yes, but but as believers, we need to be following Jesus always too. There's a lot of times we just kind of, you know, I don't know if anybody watches NASCAR, but... They have to pull over every now and then, right? To change tires, add, add fuel, right? So they, they pull over and then there's all this stuff going on, but they don't just sit there once they, set, they pull over to get some rest, so to speak, for the vehicle. They don't just sit there. What do they do? Man, they're, they're back out as quick as they can be. Somewhere along the way in the church, I believe that, that we think, well, we get tired of doing ministry. We get tired of, of the same old. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of us that have been in church probably our whole lives, Maybe for, you know, longer than our whole lives. We were born in church almost. Um, but, but, but the thing is, is we reach a point sometimes we think, well, it's time for me just to step back and let everybody else do the work. But honestly, if the message of the gospel needs to keep going, then what do we need to keep doing? Telling the gospel. That we need to keep following. That there's not a point in the believer's life where we just stop and say, well, it's time for somebody else to do it. We always do that. One of our, our DOMs within the state, he was mentioning yesterday, he went to the retirement party of a pastor here in Oklahoma. He was 90 years old. He was retiring at 90 years old. And I was like, wait, what? We don't get to retire till we're 90? Someone lied to me. But at 90 years old, this man is retiring, but he's not retiring from ministry. That was one of the things they said about him, that he was going to continue preaching till the day that he died. Some of y'all might be saying, well, that's a, that's a preacher. That is a preacher, but we're all called to proclaim. We all should be proclaiming until that final breath. Why? Because Jesus is not just a way. He is the only way. No one can come to the God. No one can come to him except through Jesus. You, you have to go through Jesus. And we know that today. I get that. Most of us are like, yeah, we get that. We're Christians. We, we're Christ followers, right? That's, that's who we are. But we need to live in that, right? We don't just stop at some point and say, well, I'm a Christian, and you go on. It's not like, you know, you're a fan of, you know, Dallas Cowboys, and now you just don't watch Dallas Cowboys football anymore because they're terrible, right? I mean, we just don't do that. We, As Christians, we continue on. We're a follower of Jesus, and we continue following. Now, I hope the Dallas Cowboys get better and better and better and better and better. I do. They're my team, you know? We dim boys. You know, that's, that's who we are. It's not, I love the Cowboys, but, but that's the thing. So many people are basing their happiness and their meaning on the things of this world. And all that matters at the end of the day is Jesus. Do, do we follow Jesus like that? I mean, he should be our main priority. I, I have no doubt that we have people that go to church that believe in Jesus, yet they've never followed him in baptism. Yep, Daniel's a Baptist preacher. He's going to mention something about baptism. But, but in Scripture, what does it say? It says that we're to make disciples, and then we're to do what to these disciples? To baptize them. If you've never followed God in baptism, or you've never committed to the work of the church, this is a time that you need to be thinking and praying about that and then answering that call. 
I've got a lot of pastor friends say, well, you don't have to be baptized. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Here's the thing. We need to commit every aspect of our life to Jesus. Why, Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we commit everything to Christ? He's done everything for us, amen? And you look at this passage, Jesus isn't just saying, well, I'm a way. So if you want to follow me and maybe do the things I'm asking you to do, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool too. That's not what Jesus says here. He says, I am the only way. And I like that, that even there, you know, in the passage, he gives that that clear sentence of who he is. But in verse seven, we see where Jesus actually says, if you had known me, how many of you know Jesus today? If you had known me, you would have known my father. From now on, you do know him and you have seen me. And so we know, we know the way. It's like uh, if you travel in a, in a city and you've done it a million times, maybe you drive to work. I mean, I can remember uh, when I worked in Salisal right before we moved here, like there were days I don't remember driving down I-40 just because I was on autopilot, you know? And you're just driving down the road. We don't need GPS at that point. We don't need Siri to help us out. We're just going. We're just, we're just going. We're not thinking about what's going on around us. We're just going down the road. We, we know our destination. We're heading in that direction. But in our day and age, we need to remember who Jesus is and to stay on that road. Does it matter how you live your life? Yeah, it does. It does. Are we saved by how we No, we're not saved by that. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But we need to be a people who choose daily to be following him. Wednesday nights have been great. We've been studying about revival, prayer. I mean, we've been in this thing. Before that, we were into like, a, you know, the, the Baptist faith and message. So we're looking at what we believe as Southern Baptists and all that fun stuff. But, you know, we were talking last week and um, when we conclude here in a few weeks with this book of John, we're going to be going directly into the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is all about the church growing. The book of Acts is all about people saying, oh, there's the Holy Spirit. I want more of that. There's the Holy Spirit. There's the call of God in my life. I'm going to follow hard after that. It was people committing to the work of the gospel. Can we say the church? Yeah, we can. But it was the work of the gospel is what they were doing. I mean, in the book of Acts, you read where people were added daily to the church. Can you imagine every day, even when we're not having church, that people were added to the church? Well, I bet y'all would, y'all would be, y'all would, y'all just be crazy right now. You'd be like, wow, that's awesome. We get excited when we go from like, 12 youth to 16 on, you know, something like that. But can you imagine a work of God so powerful that every day that they were adding to the church? I'm here to submit to you as well that I don't think that those days are necessarily gone. I think maybe our hearts are not where they're supposed to be at times. And understand, I know there's a bunch of loving, good-hearted Christ followers in this place today, but I believe every one of us in here need to probably follow God a little bit closer, myself included that I need to have a, a constant drawing closer to, to my Lord. And the reason is not for, for the name of this church or our, our de- denomination or for my name, right? The reason is because Jesus is the only way to God. He's the only way to God. The only way to God. I, I, I don't, don't let that like skip over you. If, if there are people in this world who are following another way to what they think is God, they're not going to get there. They're not going to get there at all. It's not going to happen. It's, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be something that's, that's going to be a truth for them. If they're following some other way to get to God, when they get there, it's going to be some other place. It's going to be the wrong place. 
And I believe we probably all tried to, at one time or another, wing our way to a location and we couldn't find it. We've probably been there at some point. You've at least been in Walmart and they you know, switched where the chips were or something like that. And you couldn't find them. You're like, where, where are these chips at? We've all been there. Jesus is that one way. And so we, we, we have this opportunity today to continue to follow Jesus. If you know Jesus today, follow him. Follow him wherever you go. Because he's not just the way, he's the only way. Second thing I would say this morning is not only is Jesus the way, he's also the truth. Man, there's a lot of truths floating around out there today. You know, we have, this is the interesting thing about society, I've noticed. You have this tragic school shooting this past week. And all I see are people arguing from both sides. Now, I know there's a right side. <laughs> Those of you that know me are like, yeah, I know what he believes. But the thing is, is that people are spending more time arguing about those issues instead of seeing the fact that, well, we need to help people to know Jesus. And I'm talking to the church here today. I don't expect the world to behave in any, any way but as pagans. That's what they are. They don't know Jesus. Their ways are, are selfish. But for the church of God, for you and I today, what I want you to hear is that our goal in life should be to help people to know Jesus because he's the only answer to all of this. Every time something like this happens, everybody wants to enact more laws. We want more laws in society, more laws in society, more laws in society. Yeah, laws really help us a lot, don't they? I guarantee you probably two-thirds of us today probably sped on the way here this morning. Let the church say amen. Y'all do. You're speeders. Evelina don't. Evelina, she sets her cruise, right? She does, she does not speed. <laughs> she only lives two blocks, but she still sets her speed control, right? <laughs> she can get up to 45, but you better be careful because they're going to pull you over. But I think by and large, we all break the law at some point, right? Maybe, maybe we don't even mean to. You know, maybe we pass in a zone we shouldn't pass in, right, Austin? We may, you know, these might be things that we do, right? I, I do stupid stuff all the time. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I break that law? Why, why was I not paying attention? Why did I purposely break that law, right? Sometimes we do it on purpose. What this world needs is not more laws. What this world needs is Jesus. And I submit to the church today that if there's anything we can do to help McLeod and our world out is to preach the gospel. Why? Because he is the truth. There's no other truth in this world. There's no political truth. There's no, there's no social truth or cultural truth. The only truth that matters is Jesus. That's it. He's the only way. He's the only truth. Warren Wiersbe says that truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. When we, if we don't tell people the truth, we're hypocrites. What I see in the church today is, is a lot of people who just want to keep Christianity to themselves. Well, this is, this is what works for me, right? This is what works for me. And they don't really share that with anybody else because, well, that's not their truth. My truth is not their truth. No, that's a false teaching in our world today. There's only one truth. There's not individual truths. There's not, well, this, these, these people or this person or this culture, they have their own truth and I have my own truth and, and we just all need to coexist. That's not the design that God has in store. There is one truth. And honestly, the truth of the matter is we're all sinners bound for hell. We're all sinners who have failed. We're all sinners who are without hope. That's, that's all of us, wherever you go. You know, we're going to get to go to Turkey this year. There are sinners in Turkey. 
And a lot of people say, well, how are you going to communicate with them? How are you going to go around like, you know, maybe Muslim laws or something like that? You know how I do that? I go and I preach the gospel because that's all I know. It's the same thing I do here every Sunday. I preach the gospel. Why? Because it's all I know to preach. And I, actually, it's the only answer. It's the only thing that matters. Joni and I were gone last week. What did my brother Ray preach on? The gospel. He preached about the truth of the matter, right? We don't deviate. We're not, we're not just going to get up here and tell you how to be better citizens, which the gospel can play a part of that. I understand. But the core message is not being culturally acceptable. The true message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel today is that Jesus is the truth. There is no other truth. I, I, I cringe every time someone says that, you know. I cringe when people say cringe too, by the way. But, but I cringe when, when people say stuff like, well, that's their truth. No, there's only one truth. Jesus says he's the truth in that he's the word. Remember back to John 1. We played every Sunday right before I get up here to preach. This John 1, in the beginning was the what? Yeah, I mean, it's the truth. He's the word. He's, he's the truth. He's the word. And we must be a people who communicate that truth to the world. You know, we need to be a people who do that, that, that we need to, to be showing people who Jesus is. Not just saying, well, I believe the truth. But no, we're actually people who say, you know what, we're going to go out and tell people about it. When we talk about VBS or False Creek, we talk about the Blackberry Festival coming up. We talk about, you know, some new life groups forming, stuff like that. The, the core focus of everything that we do ought to be the gospel. If, if it's anything else, we're just a social club. It has to be the gospel. The third point I would say today, in, in conclusion to this passage here, not only is Jesus the way and the truth, but Jesus is the life. Would you say amen to that? I've been a lot of beautiful places in my life. I've seen, you know, the, the world my God has created is just amazing when I think about it. I've been, I've been to the ocean. I've been to the jungles. I've been, you know, I've, I've been in the desert. I've been on the mountains. I've been to all these places that my God created. When I'm at it on a night when the moon is full and you just say, man, my God created that moon. How beautiful is that? That's the God of creation and, and all of that. But I can look at all this and say, well, that's, man, that's the life when you can experience that. But let's take that word a little bit deeper. It's not just life as in we're breathing right now in the here and now, but it's life that is eternal. John 3, 16, you know, we, we went over that a few weeks ago, but the idea that, that Jesus loves the world so much that he gave his life, right? That those who believe should what? Have eternal life. Is it eternal life here on earth? I mean, would you guys really want an eternal Monday? <laughs> I don't think most of us would be like, no, absolutely not. Well, unless it's tomorrow. Tomorrow Monday is pretty good, right? It's a, it's a holiday. That's, that's a perfect Monday. Lord, let's just let that be perpetual. It's just going to exist. But for the most time, most part, I think when we look at this life, there's, there are hard seasons that we wouldn't want that to be the same way all the time. If you go through a season of, of death or grieving or loss, you don't want that to continue. Do we have good times in this world? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yesterday when we were sitting in Scissor Tail Park, you know, there I am. There's my mom and, and, and uh, Jaron, he's running around being crazy. And we're listening, you know, they're having this powwow, just beautiful, just beautiful music just playing. And I, and I love the singing and the drums. It just really gets me ramped up, you know. And I'm just like enjoying this this time. There was one point when a guy gets up there and he prays to Jesus. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. I really like that too, you know. 
We're giving thanks to God for this beautiful day in this park to come and just to celebrate culture. But, but I was thinking back on that uh, this morning that as we were sitting there, this is a beautiful place, but life means more than just a beautiful afternoon in the park, right? It's more than that. It's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. What life we're talking about here is something that is eternal. It's not just a life that may, you know, we had to deal with parking yesterday. It was kind of hot. There was bugs on the ground. You know, Jaron kept picking up somebody's sunflower seed shells. I mean, it was just a wonderful day, you know? But all this stuff that we deal with in life, it's like, what, what, why, what? It's, it's not the life that Jesus is talking about. Even though we already enjoy this life, the life that he's talking about is a life in which we are in the presence of the creator, God, for all eternity, praising him. That's why worship is important in church. That's why we should, when we come here, we don't focus on what's going on or, or beats or who's preaching or whatever. We just focus on glorifying God because guess what? That's what we're going to be doing for all eternity. We're going to be glorifying God. Why? Well, for one reason, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And then, of course, Jesus is alive. And we're not talking about temporal life. We're not talking about just good times in our life. We're talking about a life that is perfect. It's perfect. Joni and I, we celebrated 22 years of marriage last week. And it's a beautiful time in our life, you know. But that time, we've had a lot of rough times. You know, people dying, people, you know. Uh, I've been a pastor, so yeah, there's people that just kind of, they talk bad about you or whatever, you know. There's all this stuff. Um, not in McLeod, by the way. Not even at Porm. I'm just kidding. But the thing is, is that, you know, we've went through these rough times. You know, there, there were times when we were, you know, we were having kids. Beautiful times. I look back now, I think, man, those are, those are fun times. But sometimes it wasn't so much fun for Joni, you know. Like back when our kids were little, we're like, oh, I wish Jet was still little. I wish Jolie was still little. And then we're thinking, well, there were times when it was just really rough because you're up at night, you know, they're running, they're running, they're sick. There was one time Jet was so sick. I was just like, I don't know if he's going to come out of this or not. All these times that we go through, this is not the life that Jesus is speaking about. What's he, what's he speaking about? What's that eternal life, that, that perfect place? Actually, it's the life that God intended for us from the very beginning. But Adam and Eve did, did something wrong. Adam was not the leader he should have been. And because of that, we're all paying for sin. But what Jesus came to do was not to allow us to live in this unpayable debt type of life. But rather, he sent Jesus so that we could have a life that is paid in full. We don't deserve it. Everybody say amen. You don't deserve grace. <laughs> Go out and tell everybody, what did Daniel preach on today? He said, we don't deserve anything from God. You don't. You don't deserve anything from God. We don't deserve this. But in God's loving kindness and grace, he says, you know what? I'm going to give it to you anyways. I'm, go I'm going to give this to you. And I'm going to give it to you for my glory. There are far, far better things ahead than anything we've left behind. Whatever you're dealing with in life. You know, you may have had some really great times in your life. I, we've been talking about, you know, next summer, looking at doing some like, like a church-wide type mission trip where we could take a lot of people somewhere, um, maybe within the states here. So, you know, 
minimal cost. The travel wouldn't be too bad. We look at some areas, but I think about my time when I was on the Navajo reservation. I'm like, it just keeps coming back. Like, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go out there. I want to, I want to do what we've done. I want to see what God's doing. You know, I mean, we, there was a church there that we were a part of. And now that church is still like flourishing with people who are from the area who are pastoring. And I just love that. That's what the gospel does. And whatever we can do to, to push the gospel wherever we go, that's a beautiful thing. And the reason is not because our ways as Baptists are better than other people's ways. It's because Jesus is alive. And no matter what good times we had in the past, we have better times in the future ahead of us. And I, can't, I can't imagine what it's going to be like to worship again with some people that I love. People that I, I, I dearly miss because they have passed on or, you know, this, this life took its toll and all that. And, and so we, we're not able to see them right now in this place, but, but one day I will see them again. And that's beautiful to think about worshiping with people that you can't be with right now. But here's what I want you to understand. It's going to be a pure, unadulterated worship of God. It's going to be the way it's supposed to be. And it's not for our glory. And guys, again, I don't deserve it, but I'm gonna, when I get to heaven, I'm going to shout a little bit. When I get to heaven, I'm going to worship God with my whole heart. And I think if we understand this, that he's the truth, he's the way, he's the life, if we truly understand that today, then that's going to affect how we worship, how we live here on this earth right now. Because honestly, our eternal life, we can say, well, my eternal life starts when, I, when I'm dead. Actually, it started now. Like you have life. Again, it's not breathing in, breathing out life. It's this new spiritual life. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we have this new spiritual life. God is perfecting. He's working in us right now. And one day we will be glorified for his glory. That will happen one day. But along the way, we need to be a people who just continually get closer and closer to Jesus. We need to be a people who we don't, we don't focus on anything else. That our priority in life is that people would know the Lord. That people would know Jesus. So where are we today? I mean, are, are we thinking about Jesus in, those, in that light? That he, he's not just, you know, a way, or he's not just a truth, he's not just a life. He's the to all the above. There is, in actuality, no other way. There is, in actuality, no other truth. There is, in actuality, no other life. It's only in Jesus and Jesus alone. That's the truth of the matter here. And, and if we're trying to follow any other direction, we're going to falter every time. I have friends in, that I've known my whole life, and they, they, they struggle spiritually. And they'll tell me, I'm struggling spiritually, but yet they don't pray. They don't, they don't read their Bible. They don't go to church. They live like hell all week long, and they think, why is my life so terrible? And, and I'm like, it's because you're not walking with the way. Actually, you're not walking at all with him. How can you expect your life to be any different than what the rest of the world's dealing with. There is a superb truth in knowing Jesus. There is a superb peace in knowing Jesus. That's beyond anything else I've ever known. It's Christ. It's Christ. And our focus in ministry, our focus in our lives should be Jesus and Jesus alone. Psalm 42, you can mark it, you can turn there if you want, but just a couple verses out of Psalm 42 and then we'll, we'll pray. It reminds me, the psalmist here is the writing. It reminds me of where my heart needs to be. We, we've looked into who Jesus is over the past several weeks. We've looked into the declaration of Christ to his disciples that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so as believers, what do we need to do? We need to focus on that truth. 
We need to focus on that life. We need to focus on that way. This is what we need to be doing as a church. It's, it's not about like, well, what are we going to do next? Once Falls Creek's over, what do we do next, Austin? You know? I guess we need to have like a, you know, a, a reality like television night at church here so we can keep the kids coming. We'll probably do that, honestly. But the thing is, is that, you know, when we're talking about the ministries within our church, we're always looking ahead and we should be. But when we look ahead, we should only look through the lenses of the gospel. Like, how, how are we going to accomplish this? And how is it going to glorify God? Well, we have to be like a deer. Not the stupid deer that runs out in front of you and stops, okay? I'm talking about that deer. Look at verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, oh God. Do you, do you yearn for God today? I mean, when I read John 14, 6, it's like, I want to know God more. Like, God, if you truly are the way, the truth, and the life, then I need to get closer to you. I need to quit trying to do things Daniel's way, and I need to do things your way. That's the deer pants for flowing streams. God, that's how I'm panting for you. That's how I'm panting for you. Verse two, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, right? I think it's interesting that in John, we see where Jesus like separates himself from other, every other world religion, every other ideology by calling himself the way, the truth, the life. Here the psalmist says, God, I, I, I thirst for you. What does he say? For the living God. There's all these gods in the world, but God, you're the only living God. I love how scripture kind of ties itself together, right? You got Jesus. He's saying, I'm, I'm all that there really is. You guys are kind of living in this, you know, this matrix thing where you're living in a false reality. He says, the true reality here today is that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And even in Psalm, we see where the psalmist are saying, God, you're the only true living God. Is there, is there bells or, or is there the Asherah poles? Do they have all this kind of stuff, all these different religions that were celebrated during that time? There were, but God, you're the only true living God. And I thirst for you. He says, my tears, that, that, that's interesting. He goes in right after that. My tears. My tears. Why are you cast down? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Have you ever felt like God wasn't there? Have you ever felt like he left you? Have you ever felt like he just abandoned you, that he ghosted you, he went somewhere else? Have you ever felt that way? I'm not ashamed to tell you today, there's been times in my life where I felt like God wasn't there. The people around me weren't helping that. They were saying, where's your God at now? Where's your God at now? Why, why don't you, you know, why don't you just uh, curse God and die, right? That's what they told Job. Where is your God? I don't want to discount your pain. I don't want to discount your doubts. Because I mean, honestly, the psalmist here is writing, he's talking about these doubts, this pain, this sorrow. And it says this about his pain and sorrow. It says he literally was eating his tears for food day and night. Sorrow, depression, anxiety, all that stuff's real. Everybody hear that today, okay? It's real. These are things that really happen. We all feel them. We've all been through those times. Verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts of songs and praise, a multitude keeping festival. He's, he's sad. Things aren't like they used to be. They're not as glorious as the past. People are criticizing him. Where's your God at? 
And he's going through this time, even though the pain's real, even though he's feasting on his tears day and night, he's still focusing in his mind. The priority is, God, I thirst for you. I thirst for you, God. Verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I love how verse 6, literally, look look how many words are in verse (laughs) 6. And my God. I love that. It's important because when you're looking at all of this, this guy's got pain. He's got, he's got faith in God still. He has it. It's there. He's like, God, I, man, I love you. I pant for you. But I've still got pain in my life. What do we do in times of pain and distress? We keep following hard after God. Because here's the thing. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's never not been the way. He's never not been the truth. He's never not been the life. He's always been those things and all the above. That's our Lord that we serve. And you may be asking today, why am, I, why am I cast down? Why am I down? Why am I not pumped to, to tell people about Jesus? Why do I come to church and I'm just like, I'm just not feeling it. Here's what you need to understand. Get closer to Jesus. Draw close to God and he'll, he's going to draw close to you too. He's going to draw close to you. God is there. And I'm so encouraged with Psalm 42 because it really does show someone who's going through stuff. But, but what's in the back of their minds, what's the truth in their minds is that God's there. And they continually pray and they continually want more and more of God. How many of you guys want more of God today? I, mean, I pray we do, that this is something that we're, that, that we're seeking in our lives. That we're not just going to be people that say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. And then so you guys go home and you don't even open your Bible this week. You don't even pray. You just kind of go about living your life. And it's not like you're doing terrible things, but you're just not prioritizing God in your life. We've got to get out of that route, that rut. It's time for us to walk in the way and the truth and the life, and that is Jesus. If you know Jesus today, man, just say today, you know what, God, I need your help. Like a deer panting for water, I'm panting after you. Lord, that's, that's me today. And I, these, this pain, this sorrow is true and it's real, but, but God, I'm looking to you, the author, the finisher of my faith. And today, if you don't know the Lord, I want you to understand that everybody here is sent. We've all sinned. We've, we've all fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Jesus I speak of today, he doesn't just say he loves us and then leaves us to die. But rather, he stretches out his hands. And if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to you today in this place, today's the day of salvation. Don't neglect it. If you believe in your heart, you believe, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That, that's, the, that's the call today. God is calling you to salvation, then say, thank you, God. I want to follow you. Today's a good day for that. Maybe you need to commit to God in some other way. Maybe God's got a call on your life. Maybe you say, you know what? I need to, I need to join. I need to be baptized. I need to, I need, I need to do something, God, that you're calling me to. If this is something that's been on your heart and your mind today, today's that time to do that. So we bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to ask you to stand as well. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. When I get done praying, I'm going to ask, if you, if you need to pray with someone, these altars are open. I want you to come down. I'll meet you down here. Ray, somebody will come meet you down here. We'd be more than happy to pray with you today. Because the cool thing about Jesus is he's not just some religion or some prophet. He's the way, the truth, 
and the life. If you've lost your way, you don't know the truth, and you have no life, Jesus is your answer. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I love you. I thank you. God, your word, it makes it so, so sweet in times like this that we may be dealing with loss or unsure things, but God, your word is true. And, and Jesus has never, never changed in, in, in his meaning, in his declarations, in his, in his name, in who he is to mankind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I just pray that if there be believers here who need to, to come and Lord, just have a, a time of revival in their heart. I pray that you would call them to these altars today. God, if there is anyone here today who does not know you, that God, you, you would do something that no preacher can do, Father. You would call them to repentance today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we give this time to you for your glory. In your most holy name, amen.